King's True Believers. of all ages this is views from the back of the class my name is drewman burbank but you can call me jb and i'm here with my mans what's up in words it's josh how you guys doing crowd goes nuts they love me jb they love me i think they do so how are things are you in how are you doing i am good i am fantastically well shout to andre 3000 brag just bragging 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 things are going great for you well things have been pretty sucky on my end but you know what are you gonna do just one of those days where you realize that your boss just is uh kind of stupid you try not to let it slip through or ooze out in your your ims and stuff back and forth throughout the day so that's kind of been my week, so. Yeah, I hope your Happy boss be, doesn't uh, uh, actually listen to the podcast. Um, they don't, and I'm pretty sure <laughs> through our interactions today that they kind of were were aware that they were getting on my, my last nerve. So it is what it is. Put, your, put all your cards on the table. You hear that, listeners? Put your cards on the table. If you don't like people, let them know. What are they going to do to you? But happy to be changing course, winding down. For the week and uh, talking about stuff that really matters, not not, <laughs> not work, work. <laughs> <laughs> frivolous things like paying your bills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, eh, comments gonna get their money. They know I'm good for it. So, in nerd news, we got the um, Amazon series based on Invincible, the comic series from um, Image. The trailer dropped today and the release date dropped today. So that's coming out to us in like March. It's going to be animated. And uh, I don't know how many episodes it's going to be or, or not, but it's obviously going to be based on the Invincible comic series, which, if you're not familiar with, it's pretty interesting to read. Different take on the superhero story, so to speak. But it's definitely pretty enjoyable. It can get pretty gruesome in some parts, but I liked Invincible when I read it. I only remember reading a little bit about. Invincible. I didn't read the whole series. Like I've I've caught pieces of it, but I'm down to watch. I think it'll be interesting. Something new. Yeah. Something outside of the two big houses. Exactly. You know who put me on uh, Invincible? Who's that? I could see that. Yeah, he used to read it, and he was always talking about it. And I'm like, "What's this Invincible mess you're talking about, man?" I read one of his books, and I was like, "Oh, this is pretty cool." Shout out to him. We'll see. Shannon, if you're out there listening, get at us. Yeah. Other than that, we don't have too much nerd news to talk about. I mean, I guess there's a bunch we could speculate about, but we don't feel like doing that today. So uh, today we're going to talk about our top five villains and uh, why they have that impact on us. And I'm really, I'm always excited to talk to JB. And As you should be. <laughs> Excited to see a face outside of these four quarantined walls that, that I'm in. 
But I'm actually interested to see who made his list and why. And I wonder how much crossover there is between the two of them. So that's kind of what we're doing for today. So with my list and what Josh and I initially talked about were, you know, villains that were pretty scary. And it really stemmed from a conversation about one particular person, which I won't name because he may or she may pop up on one of our lists. Uh, But that's kind of where the conversation came from. So that being said, even though the the genesis of it was like the scariest villains. And I think a lot of times when you think about, you know, the scariest, you automatically go to the, you know, the big, big, big bads, you know, your dark sides, your Thanoses. And Josh and I have not discussed one another's lists. But what I will say is that for my list. I have avoided those type of, you know, world eating, universe destroying villains just because I feel like that's a bit too easy for this conversation. And yes, everyone fears them. And yes, everyone should fear them just because of the raw power. My list consists of people who are, in my opinion, just as vicious, just as scary just as destructive without this immense raw power to them. So there could drum roll, please obviously be, you know, stronger, like physically stronger people. Starting off and not necessarily in any order. um, Just, this is the one that I wanted to talk about first. And that would be one Reverend William Stryker. Oh, okay. And the Purifiers. It's a scary dude, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if if you don't know his background, go back and read God Love Man Kills. It's a quintessential X-Men story. And it's basically about you know William Stryker, who was a, a former military guy turn minister or turn preacher and naturally uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) with a burning hatred of mutants and all things mutantum to the point that uh he killed his infant or not even infant newborn mutant child and his wife for giving birth to such a deviant Mm -hmm. now just Having that that kind of hatred, you know, should not or and doesn't make this person a villain or doesn't even really make him particularly dangerous. What I because there's five people on both sides. <laughs> not touching that. <laughs> because there are not five people on both sides. Anywho, his hatred of mutants is not what makes him, you know, particularly dangerous. That doesn't make him unique in any way. In, in that universe, you know, most of the population has, has uh, something of a hatred of mutants or at least a, a, a fear or an irrational fear of them. What makes him dangerous is the amount of power behind him. Uh, he went from just being a preacher to then he became a, a televangelist and, you know, his audience was larger and he had a, a pretty large following of people who may have once been on the fringes with their hatred. Mm-hmm. And then found themselves being able to come more to the mainstream. And with 
coming toward the mainstream and having those numbers increase, you know, that gives them a, a sense of a, a sense of power and in turn gives Stryker that additional power because his power is in the numbers and those followers that he had. Yeah, it's just a scary dude because this is kind of one of those art imitating life situations. And that's what makes yeah. it scary to me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mutants do not exist in our real world. Unfortunately. But there may be a William Stryker or two. If you look hard enough, I'm sure you might be able to find him or her. Yeah. So that'll be my first one. Yeah, no, that's a real interesting one. I uh, I wish I <laughs> I wish I thought of that when I was putting my list together and, and thinking through. But yeah, no, Stryker is definitely somebody you don't want to run into in real life or come across. And I think nowadays, too, the idea of a William Stryker out there is is even more terrifying because there is it's more real now, which is sure. But yeah, that's a great one. That's a great one to have. And you, and you dug in the crates for that one. So I'm here for it. I'm looking at my list and I'm kind of like, dang. <laughs> I mean, your list is, I'm sure, is really good. It's just not JB's, which is OK. No. It's okay. Not everybody can be me. No, we all can't have a JB list, a JBL. We would all be so privileged to have one. For me, and, you know, the reason behind how I came up with my top five is not just, you know, a power thing. Because it would be, you know, if you're like, oh, just the most powerful people, you know, Galactus and Thanos. and Right. um, I can't think of his name from the Green Lantern. uh, Whatever. But, you know, it would be people like that. And I, I try to avoid that. So um, there is one person on mine, and I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and start with that one because I kept coming back to him just because. And part of the thing with with my list, too, is like the the effect that these characters have had on me throughout my life. Mm. And we're talking childhood to being an adult or want to be adult now. And the impact that I still have, like some of these characters still, you know, disturb me and. Uh, just the way I kind of like feel about them. And, you know, if we were in a real situation, some of the the, the people I would not want to run into in real life, like not people I'd really want to like rub shoulders with in real life or anything like that. And they just have an effect on my psyche. And they're not the most powerful, some of them. But mm-hmm. I think when, you know, we, we talk about them and you kind of understand where, where we're coming from, where I'm coming from with this. But since this one is kind of like a, a throwaway that you would expect, I'm just going to go ahead and start with it. I'm going to say Dark Side. Mm. And for me, it's not really his power that affects me. Like, I remember as a kid watching Super Friends, which is like the punkiest show of all time nowadays. Like, there was like, there were no stakes in that show. Like, oh, nothing no. was ever bad was going to happen. <laughs> no. But I remember being a kid, and that was my first time seeing the character Dark Side before, like, reading and getting into comics or reading the comics and before the uh, Superman show and everything like that. So, my experience with him and being introduced to him was through Super Friends. And it was something about that character. And it's kind of cartoony, but the way he was like combating the Justice League, it was just, it just rubbed me wrong. And then as I got older, I read more comic strips and just saw how he just had this attitude that to me is really, really disturbing. And it's like looking at things without any kind of hope whatsoever and the only solution you come to is power for power's sake and destruction for destruction's sake like to me dark side is a character who he's complex as he can be written but is somebody who's like 
so miserable, like deep down, I think he's like just so miserable that the only way he can even like fathom to get away from how like the feelings that he's feeling inside is to eliminate life. And that's just something that I, that's always kind of disturbed me, you know, about the character and about how he's portrayed and in some of the animated DC movies um, and, and how he's been written and stuff. Like there are things about him, like the Omega beams and, you know, his strength and all this other stuff. And of course that factors into making him a bad guy. But to me, what really makes him a top five villain in my eyes is those traits of his personality where he's just evil. There is a way to reason with him to his benefit in some instances, but you go toe to toe or go up against somebody like Darkseid and you're not really going to walk away from it. And to me, that's more chilling than anything. And it all starts with Super Friends, which is so weird because that yeah. can't be a show all the time. <laughs> <laughs> of all of all places i mean but even within in within the context of that show you know as hokey as it was like he was was starkly different you know it mm-hmm. wasn't um nearly as dark as what we would would have gotten to see later but compared to what we got from the 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 super friends at that time he was dark for that mm-hmm. you know he, he definitely stood out for sure so, now nah, dark side is a bad dude man he is. Super Friends was it was like the gateway drug. I kept crossing him off the list. Like if you can see my list, I crossed him off, and then I, I would put other people on there, and and then I I just keep going back to like, does he make me uncomfortable? And the answer is yeah. Yeah, and and kind of rightly so. I mean, he's kind of uh, a dude that you can't really bargain with. Like his whole goal is to wipe out free will from the entire universe which essentially would make everybody suicidal mm-hmm. that's ultimately what it what it boils down to and not that you know people are going to off themselves but that's what the anti-life equation is basically yeah. supposed to be once he gets that and introduces it to you the idea is a mathematical equation that proves that all life is meaningless and at that point he got you yep and he just wants to share his misery with others mm-hmm. and has the strength resources and cunning to make it happen mm-hmm. it's tough to compete with <laughs> and again uh he has those followers to hang on to his every word and tweet i mean words so that's number five what about number four all right, number four. And again, this is in no no particular order for either of us. So no, who's who's next on your list? No, the I'll next one on my list, somewhat similar to the first person on my list, in that he has a large group of followers. Raz Al Ghul. Okay. Another bad dude. Again, you know, not necessarily the most physically powerful. But his power is um, partially in numbers, also part of it just in his longevity. Like, mm-hmm. you can't kill the dude because he got Lazarus pits everywhere. <laughs> but here's, a, um, here's one of the things that I like to point out when it comes to Ra's al Ghul. So Batman has this 
you know, larger than life persona and the thing that, you know, sets people off all the time is this idea that Batman can take anybody out. And, you know, if you give him enough time to figure it out, he's going to have a plan for him, which has been shown to be accurate. You know, first we saw it in JLA um, Divided We Fall, which was then uh, developed into Justice League Doom, the film. But in either of those cases, right, the original source material or the movie, and we see these contingencies that Batman has built or put in place or developed for the Justice League to kind of take out the most powerful beings on the planet. Ra's al Ghul was the one that put that stuff into motion. And if you go back and look at the original source material, that storyline, that was only the first part. The only reason why that I'm sorry, it wasn't divided. We fought. I was the Tower of Babel. The reason why that was even done to begin with, this dude went and pretty much had satellites beaming signals into the brains of everyone on Earth that basically scrambles language. So you can't understand nor read things that you hear or see. So it was putting the entire world into chaos, which obviously after a certain amount of time and it won't take very much time at all you know for everything to devolve if people can't communicate quite literally Mm -hmm. like the world is going to implode on itself right we all you know you can you can have people who speak the same language and not communicate and we may or may not have seen recent events you know that kind of demonstrate that in the real world right when people aren't able to communicate whatever their concerns might be nothing good is going to come from that and just think about the impact on the podcast world. Yeah. I mean, what are Josh and I going to do with our free time if we can't communicate? Learn a trade. <laughs> Learn a trade. Who does that? This is know. my trade. It's all I do, man. Go. Podcast and figure out new spices to put on my ribs. <laughs> You're up to like 48 right now, right? That's right. And so with Roz, that is his, his kind of his conquest. And that's just to speak of him not even his organization you think you know gangsters this dude is the head of the league of assassins Mm -hmm. this is not the punisher like this ain't (laughs) you're running the mill shoot him up bang bang dude this is a a group of elite Mm -hmm. trained killers who do not leave a trace behind of whatever, whomever their victims were, unless they want you to know. And he is the one pulling the strings on all of that. That's another good one. And, you know, I've been rewatching um, the DC stuff on HBO Max. So I've been going through Batman the animated series and I really am enjoying Well, it's over now, but I really enjoyed the episodes with uh, Ra's al Ghul when he was introduced in the show just because that show man it's such a great show especially for something you know 20 something 30 years old almost in that comics like the the voice acting and everything is just so great but his presence on that show is awesome and like when you think about like you said the entire organization that he heads and the influence that it has is insane like it's it's scary the fact that um, in this reality, people who you, you know, trust with your life or so and could 
turn on you. But they wouldn't um, dare. No, 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 I'm talking about because because they're underneath his thumb. Right. Um, like they're they're an agent of his. Uh, and you just never know. Like you, you just can't be caught slipping with with that. It's a different kind of power. It's not brute strength, but it's like that far reaching like tentacles into like every corner of the earth. Right. Like this dude got pretty much anybody you can think of that is a a high level mercenary or anything anybody that 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 has the skills to take you out essentially in the DC universe they either do or did at one point work for him and they all revere him in a way that you don't really see from too much of anybody especially a ultimately just a human mm-hmm. that's a good one i did have um i don't know if you have a list of like honorable mentions but i i do and he's on my list of honorable mentions mm. this is someone again who is unsettling to me and when i added them to the list i was kind of like do they really deserve to be in top five but i will explain why they're in my top five mercy graves i like mercy that's a good one mercy do depending how she's written mercy graves is one of the most ruthless people ever and then she does that all in loyalty to one person Mm -hmm. in very little instances have i ever seen or read of her do stuff for her own benefit like everything she does is to benefit one person and that scares the crap out of me because at that point there's like nothing that's off the table nothing you know it's it's kind of like um i guess being like the right hand to a mob boss or something like that where your entire purpose is to protect and preserve in this one person and nothing is um going too far absolutely nothing she's essentially the head of the secret service like yeah with with no ethics or morale or correct you know if if or thought or anything like that like she will have you killed she would have your family killed and she'll do it herself in front of other people she don't care she she does not care and and to me that is like one of the most chilling things and the interesting thing about it is they don't particularly write her to be insane or to have you know what i mean like to have Mm -hmm. any kind of um, mental illness, which in some way is is good, but in other ways it just makes you be like, what is going on behind this person's, you know, behind their eyes? Like the lights are on, nobody's home. Right. Sometimes you know she's portrayed as being like a cyborg or something like that, which, eh, not too crazy about that. But the Mercy Graves, who is flesh and blood, uh, definitely is a freaking scary person Dash. and one of my favorite characters all around. But just as far as bad guys go i'm like she has to make the list just because i mean she's that dope and she yeah she doesn't get her just due i agree Mm -hmm. good that's a good pick thank you thank you mercy made the list and i said that i wasn't going to do these people or these types of people the more obvious ones but i'm going to use this person dr doom victor von doom yes obvious right he should be on everybody's list like he's the baddest of the baddest dudes the mount rushmore bad no this is this is true like <laughs> no i know i'm just saying he's like on the mount rushmore bad though 100 percent. 
I kind of wanted to stay away from those type, but he's just too too iconic to not mention. Mm-hmm. Doom is giving your favorite hero fits, whoever it is. Like the only thing really that has consistently stopped him from doing anything that he wanted to do, and I mean anything, is himself. Like this dude has done everything from, you know, hostile takeovers of a country to literal takeover of uh, entire planets creation of a whole world that didn't exist because he uh, essentially went on a a killing spree like in that movie uh, with Jet Li the one (laughs) across the multiverse yeah and it doesn't matter Um, most villains will be limited by their own abilities or the limits basically of whatever space and time that they exist in dude does all types of time travel and (laughs) i mean he's a brilliant scientist to begin with you know second maybe to reed richards arguably he's certainly up there with the the most brilliant scientific minds in that um you know 616 marvel universe but aside from that He's also, you know, got his finger in the dark arts or got his hands in the dark arts. So he's, you know, studying under different mystics or whatever. And like I said, he'll give you your favorite hero fits. And that includes Dr. Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme. Like Mm -hmm. he gives problems there. Um, WandaVision. uh, There is a very. No, no, no spoiler. No spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) Podcast over. (laughs) Yeah. Dr. Doom shows up in episode two of WandaVision. Yeah. (laughs) There is a very significant moment in Scarlet Witch's history that often gets repeated and replayed and people discuss. Doom is a part of that. And that part gets left out. So one of the most terrifying moments in the history of mutantdom in in the Marvel universe, like Scarlet Witch is the boogeyman that they use to get little mutant kids to act right, <laughs> and Doctor Doom played a huge role in that. He's not credited often. Um, it's one of those if you know you know situations. Ask about him. You know what's funny is Doctor Doom is on my list too. That's what I was thinking might have made both both of my lists. And I kind of didn't want to use them, but I I was looking at at my folks. I'm like, yeah, I better go ahead and use this guy. Yeah. I mean, you got it. Like you said, you have to kind of mention you have to mention him because of what he's capable of. And you can't argue with it. Like he's one of the best villains in the Marvel Universe. Um, in, In some ways, he is, you know, underutilized or isn't given his due but like he he can be freaking uh, terrifying i mean absolutely if you're not yeah if you're not too familiar with him like if all you know of dr doom or victor von doom is from like the fantastic four movies or uh ultimate alliance back in the day or anything like that like yikes go back read some comics and, and just see like some of the things that he's involved in what he has affected read secret major wars lines. yeah major storylines major continuity and canon and the thing about him is that I wrote down intellect and cunning mm-hmm. and purposeful. Like he's not a accidental bad guy or he's not an accidental 
planner like oh let me try this and oh crap it was thwarted by these darn kids no 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 like he's purposely like i want to do this and it's going to affect this or i'm going to start this conflict here situation here and it's going to have ripple effects because i'm going to be the puppeteer behind the scenes to make what i want happen right and it will happen that way it's pretty I don't want to say it's like a godly thing, but well, in his mind, it is. And yeah, in his mind, it is like dude is doom is pretty cool. I remember one of my favorite um, uh, (laughs) stories with Dr. Doom is pretty stupid is it's Spider-Man. I can't remember which issue it was, but like Flash gets a Spider-Man costume and his intention is to like to scare Parker with it or something. And he ends up getting abducted by Dr. Doom and then Spider-Man has to end up saving him or something. I just, I don't know. It's just, it was just so entertaining to like, you know, 14 year old me or whatever. That's funny. Yeah. That he would get abducted by Doom and then try to be like, I'm not the real Spider-Man. Yeah. Cause of course that's what you would say. You facing <laughs> Doom. Yeah, like, like, um, do you see me sticking to anything? No. <laughs> like, I just, I'll forget this happened. Like no big deal. And see, the thing is, though, with Doom, he's like, oh, you're not the real Spider-Man? Well, I don't need you then. Mm-hmm. Off with his head, yeah. literally. Yep. Um, I didn't make the mistake. You did. Right. The last thing I'll say about Dr. Doom, just to kind of bring home how bad this dude is. So I use Batman as the example to kind of illustrate what was going on with Ra's al Ghul. I've given you guys an example of Doom with Scarlet Witch, but this is the last one I'll give you. So you know how with the unfortunate passing of Chadwick Boseman and the um, assumption that, you know, in the uh, subsequent Black Panther movies, that Shuri will take the mantle of Black Panther. And the moment that that stuff started happening, you get your complainers and then people will be really quick to say, well, you know, Shuri was, in fact, Black Panther in the comics. But what people don't often talk about is how or why that would have been the case. Because Doom killed the Black Panther. That's why. <laughs> That's why Shuri was the Black Panther in comics. As bad a dude as T'Challa is, with all of his resources and all of his abilities, he got killed on his own turf by Doom. Mm-hmm. That's how Shuri got to hold the mantle of Black Panther. Dr. Doom is a bad dude. Mic drop. He literally just pushed the mic over. <laughs> like you got, you can't see this, but he just shoved it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't intend to, but you're right. <laughs> yeah, you should like show respect for the equipment, man. We're in a podcast here. I like it because I had it in mind. So my next villain is a newer creation, but I think he has a, a larger depth. Well, anyway, my villain is a newer creation, but doesn't mean he doesn't have that backstory or the menace or anything else that goes along with it like this guy is freaking creepy he's ridiculously terrifying he disturbs me looking at him i i think he's probably one of the greatest villains created like in the last 20 years and that is professor pig like Mm. professor pig from batman that's scary dude yeah ridiculously scary dude and again another that's not even 20 years like professor pig might not even be 10 years old i think like i think if he's i think it was like 2007 when he first popped up okay and so what's that 13 14 years so now 15 
but yeah, they nail like he this he Professor Pig is just disturbing. Like from the artwork to his his uh, mental uh, faculties. I mean, he's uh, intellect with who suffers from severe schizophrenia. So unfortunately, there's the you know mental illness aspect that mental illness creates. You know, villains and everything like that trope, but. Look, Professor Pig, I, I I can't even say too much about him other than the fact that he just is disturbing. Like, Google a picture of this guy and tell me that's not someone you want to run into in <laughs> anywhere in life. I mean, he, he'll mess with genetics and make, like, human-animal hybrids and stuff who are, like, mind-controlled and kill people. They've alluded to cannibalism, and it's just out of all of like the Batman villains that are out there or that exist in, in his rogues gallery and not saying some of them aren't as good as others. Cause I think, especially having, you know, going back to rewatch uh, the animated series that they ta- uh, had villains in there that were kind of like underutilized or have been underutilized in recent years. I was like, Oh yeah, this person's kind of dope. Like why don't they use him anymore? Professor pig has got to be in like the top 10 Batman villains of all time. Like, even obviously I'm, I'm ranking him higher than, you know, people would rank the Joker, but this guy, man, he just, my list is based on most of like things that make me uncomfortable, unsettled, disturbed. And he fits the bill in so many, so many ways. Yeah. And the thing about it is he's smart too. And they just nailed it on the head with that one. Like they're like, I want to make people uncomfortable. Okay. Let me write some stuff. And and they nailed it. It was Grant Morrison and his twisted yeah. brain. Yeah, and I'm not a huge fan of his, but I think this is one he really got got it right. What I'll say for the listeners who may not be familiar with Professor Pig, because like Josh said, he's he's relatively new and he's you know he doesn't have the same notoriety as as some of the other uh, of the Batman's Rogues Gallery. But if you think about Um, the Joker and his propensity for just flat out murder. Uh, But he's an agent of chaos, right? The Joker just kind of does stuff for the, for the gag. He's doing it for the laugh. There's a, a, something of a method to his, his madness, but he is quite ruthless. Professor pig is just as ruthless in, in that way, but he's not an agent of chaos. He's not, you know, doing this for, the gag and it's not even so much that he's you know killing indiscriminately he's as josh kind of talked about early he's doing these experiments on people Mm -hmm. think about like a a a horror movie version of a plastic surgeon (laughs) that's essentially what this dude is like he's you know putting doll faces on people like permanently you know Mm -hmm. melting it to their their skin or, or or you know sewing it on them he's just a disturbing person and somehow they were able to tell this story through grant morrison's words and i i forget the artist on that run but as disturbing as this character is the visuals were not they weren't grotesque you know you weren't seeing just this gratuitous violence and it. it was it was it was mostly implied uh, but still makes you quite uncomfortable. This, yeah, Professor Pig's uh, not the type of person that, that anybody in Gotham wanted to deal with. 
I mean, I, <laughs> I think he's a great character creation, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not uh, in a. I don't really like. Oh yeah, Professor Pig's back in this issue. Awesome. It's like, oh okay, let's see what uh, messed up stuff he's gonna do this time around. Right. And it's funny too because he's a recent creation, but in um, Batman or Beware the Batman, it was a CGI version that came out for like one season, and it's actually not bad. I I kind of like it. Um, it's a different take. It's Batman and Katana, and they use lesser known. Uh, villains out of out of the rogues gallery but professor pig is in that a couple of times and again it's geared a little bit towards an, an older audience but not like full-on adult so it's like still within the young adult range of uh, content and stuff but it's it's just a good show so check it out no no you're good it's worth checking out for sure Alrighty, my next villain initially i was gonna save this person for last because he is just insanely scary when you think about the potential that this person has. Uh, but I'm going to save somebody else for the last one. My next villain is the maker. Mm. Who is the maker, you may ask? The maker is Reed Richards from the Ultimates universe. So think... Um, if if Brightburn answers the question, what would Superman be as a, a you know, snot-nosed little brat <laughs> and eventually became a villain? Well, think about all of the genius level intellect and the extensive knowledge of, uh, you know, the physical sciences and, and how the world works. Mm-hmm. Reed Richards genius without the moral uh, without a moral compass exactly without a moral compass that's who the the maker is so instead of him being you know this beloved genius his upbringing was i think a little closer to what it might be if this were a real person you know you get a kid who's just head and shoulders above everyone around him probably going to be introverted most likely going to be bullied, which is what happened in this case. And this version of Reed kind of internalized all of that and, and eventually, you know, kind of vowed revenge on people. This version of Fantastic Four had its own journey. And then, you know, adding to his intellect, he ended up with the, the same powers, obviously, that 616 Reed has. He, too, is a mass murderer. Like the dude basically <laughs> blew up a third of Europe, just completely wiped it out just because he just wanted to know if he could do it. And he did. He was he's a new uh, character in the sense that the ultimate universe is new relative to, say, um, the main Marvel universe. But it's, it's been around at least 20 years. The cool thing that I think about the maker is instead of making him a foil for Fantastic Four, uh, he's been an Iron Man foe since 2015 when they made the whole change. Or not made a change, they killed the Ultimate Universe, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But he was one of the the parts that ended up surviving. He and like Miles Morales and a couple other characters. Rightly so. Indeed. But yeah, the, the maker is... 
again, not one of those names that pops up all that frequently. Not a dude to be trifled with in any way. That's a good one. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those ones that, that like steers you in the face, but also you kind of have to dig a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like that one. Cool. And my last in my fi- in my top five list is it's not just one person. It's more of a a hive. That's the Borg. The Borg from Star Trek. Mm. Originally seen on the Next Generation. I remember as a kid watching the Borg, and even now going back and, and rewatching episodes or watching um, Star Trek: First Contact. The Borg are scary. Like they are probably some of the best villains ever created because there's like a, there's a like a level of invincibility to them where you, no matter what you do or throw at them, they they can adapt mm-hmm. uh, to a certain extent. At least in, in the future, we see like in a the present uh, you can't adapt to a bullet so that'll take them down but in the time period where they're uh threatening uh, not just the human race but just individual life itself it's you know the energy weapons and stuff like that and, and how can you fight something that counters the first time that you hit them and it's not just you know the scary thing about the borg to me is like not just the ones who are immediately in your vicinity who can be like who can uh, modulate their shields to <laughs> deflect your 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 phase or whatever it's the entire collective like the entire collective across the universe now knows that Starfleet uses frequency blah 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 and uh they're ready for, for all the smoke <laughs> mhm so it's like how do you combat an enemy like that and there's just such a sense of like just dread and and loss because it's <laughs> you can't really beat them of course they have but you know just going head up it's 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 difficult to beat them and you know the loss of individuality is terrifying in itself too to be alive but not even aware of it mm-hmm. which i think is a, a nightmare for a lot of people but you know, the Borg, they always came through as relentless and strong and powerful. And they have that, you know, I'm not into horror movies and, and stuff like that, but they have that, like, Jason effect where they never move really fast, but they're still scary. You know, mm-hmm. like, they're not chasing you. They're not running after you. They're, they're just there. step at a time. Yeah, and, you know, they pop up and they have this little thing that pops into your neck or whatever and starts to uh, put nanites in your bodies and you start to transform and... You're part of you know, I can go on and on about the Borg. Like, they're a great villain, creepy-looking, pale, you know, mechanical things coming out the skin. And even First Contact was ninety, the mid-'90s. And even on, on today's um, level of special effects and stuff, I still feel like that the costumes and uh, the level of makeup and, and artistry that they put into that film it really uh, stands out even now in... in uh, age as well like mm. if you've never seen if you're not in Star, Star Trek and you've never seen uh, First Contact one it's the best movie with the next generation cast but to, and two uh, definitely check it out because it is a great movie and the the board are freaking terrifying in it as they are with everything yeah so that's if I had to put my number one, I think the Borg would be my number one villain but my list isn't numbered but that would that would be a good Good choice for number one. <laughs> and one that I didn't expect, I got to say. I wasn't, I, I hadn't even considered anything in the Star Trek universe. 
Yeah. Well, I I just went when I thought about villains. I thought about like again things that disturbed me and that you know made me feel a certain way. And the Borg definitely, you know, 20-something years later, I still remember the first time I saw Star Trek and the Borg one, and I'm like, what, what is, is this? That? I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm four years old and, and scared. That's wild. That's a, that's a solid list. Solid list. Alrighty, my last one. Again, not necessarily the strongest, or in this case, because his last doesn't make him the best. Supreme Leader Steve Rogers from the Secret Empire run from 2017, I want to say. I can't remember the year. Uh, It was Nick Spencer's run, though. But anyway, it's basically. First, I thought you were going to say Supreme Leader Snoke, and I was going to be like, we're done. (laughs) I should have I should have said that. Should have said here. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. Right. <laughs> that would have been the one. Yeah, it was. It's basically Captain America. If he goes evil, it was a uh, uh, turned. Well, I won't spoil the. I won't spoil the series, but Steve was a Hydra agent and had mm-hmm. been the whole time. And um, right after their the second. Uh, superhero civil war in in the Marvel universe. So Captain America was the head of shield at this point. And what he did as an agent of Hydra basically used those resources to take over the world. What made this guy so scary, not just the takeover, that's part of it. The, the precision with which he was able to do it was scary, but to be expected, right? Because obviously the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., a trusted superhero, is going to have all this access. But it wasn't just that. It was the way it was done. Like, he didn't just uh, have the planet sealed off and trapping some of the strongest heroes on the planet off of it but then sends a distress signal out to, uh, I believe it was the Chitari, saying, hey, there's uh, the eggs of your queen on the planet. And so now you got, you know, Captain Marvel and uh, Miss, Miss America and Blue Marvel, like all of these heavy hitters that would have been able to do something if they were able to. Um, not only can they not get on Earth, but they're trapped out there and being you know, constantly pummeled with wave after wave after wave to basically kill them. Mm-hmm. Trapping, you know, some of the other heroes literally in a dark dimension. And it was basically I am legend, like in that entire area. Uh, there's no light on the island anywhere. The only light that is available is via Dagger. And she can only do it for so long. But without her, you know, giving off whatever light, then they have to deal with all of these creatures. It, it's yeah, it was it was pretty scary, yeah, uh, serious stuff. Yeah. The scariest part of it all, though, or the thing that makes him a villain, because I saw stuff that Hydra would do anywhere, right? Or any any potential villain is is you know going to plot this world domination stuff. Mm-hmm. It is the rewriting of history and the reeducation 
of the masses and the losses of freedoms and the literal concentration camps and the inability of just common folk to be able to uh, recall like out loud anything that had happened prior to the takeover of Hydra. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you mention anything about that, if you you buck against this reeducation that was taking place, you are immediately either imprisoned or killed. No questions asked, no trial, no nothing. You done. And to have Captain America be the face of that pretty jarring. So Supreme yeah. Leader, Supreme Leader Steve Rogers is my last uh, my last villain. That's a good one. You know, it's funny because I toyed with. Um, even though, it's, you know, it was never something that's always been super official in canon or anything like that. But I always thought about like Batman as a villain, like when, uh, when it, his plans to deal with other superheroes fall into the wrong hands or something. That line in thinking. But that just makes them clumsy or irresponsible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, all your passwords can't be the same, Bruce. Like, come on. Right. Crime, crime Alley is all his passwords. <laughs> right. <laughs> the date of his parents' death. Really, that's weird. Batman's password is the date of Bruce Wayne's parents' death. That's weird. But no, nah, that's a, that's a really good one too. That's one thing I wasn't a, I wasn't a huge fan of like the Ultimate Universe, but I did think it was interesting their the take on some of these characters mm-hmm. and like it wasn't as extreme as this one with steve rogers but the fact of steve steve rogers being like a racist in the ultimate universe and yeah stuff. yeah which that I makes mean, sense though kind of makes dude, sense yeah he's born in like 1920 <laughs> like uh, yeah 19, yeah kind of mm-hmm. adds up probably, to me yeah i probably wouldn't be too uh too keen of working side by side with sam wilson Maybe if you put him in the back, but he can't work side by side with me. <laughs> I mean, and but, people certainly can change, but yeah, not a man who was frozen for seventy years and woken up. He's it would overnight. It would have taken some time. But I always thought that was an interesting line of uh, story for them to take with him. But that's a pretty terrifying one as well. Yeah. Um, cool. It's pretty. Uh, you know, it's funny. Of course, you know, I mentioned like I have my honorable mentions. And the only one I have on there that I think is worthy of uh, discussing, not even discussing, but just dropping, because it's such a, I was telling Donna about my list, and she's like, you have them on there? I'm so surprised. And uh, it's the the Weeping Angels from Doctor Who. Mm. They are these, I'm not a, I'm not a calm down nerds, I'm not a who, who, who or who fan or whatever the heck you guys call yourselves. We'll discuss that on another episode. But these characters, they are, they look like garden statues, like of angels. So they look really, really peaceful. And the thing with them is that they are, I can't, I don't know exactly how to describe it. They're like interdimensional beings who really don't exist when you're observing them. So that means, so when you're looking at them, they don't exist. But when you turn your back, they come to life and are animated. And then they have like this like long things and stuff and they're these stone creatures and these angry features and they try to like kill you Mm. so it's kind of like the you know if a tree falls in the wood does it make any noise if you know you're not looking at a weeping angel uh, did nothing happens kill you right yeah does it and you know ultimately they're not i don't think they're that easy to defeat but the premise of them is really really terrifying because if you don't know what they are you're gonna be like oh that's a really cool statue you know let me 
keep going and all of a sudden something comes up and kills you in a horrible fashion but that was like on my list of honorable mentions is the the weeping angels from doctor who don't know what episode they're in but i'm sure if you google it you can figure it out and look at pictures my honorable mentions and there were a couple of them i realized that they were essentially the same or very very similar and those are deathstroke the terminator okay terminator 2 and uh prometheus both of whom you know regular humans they they do have some enhanced abilities but separately had taken taken on the justice league and won like by themselves in fact prometheus did it twice in pretty spectacular fashion one of which he i mean he altered the history of or not the history but he altered the life of a hero and and pretty much a way that still stands to this day uh, i don't want to spoil it but his second encounter with the justice league on that scale left one of the leaguers with a life-changing injury and you ain't supposed to be able to get at the league like that like i'm, I'm trying not to give away too much in case anybody <laughs> is interested in reading that run it's uh justice league cry for justice and it's not the typical lineup that we're used to with the league still a league right still incredibly powerful, powerful people and prometheus is just a dude who know martial arts and happens to have a key to limbo yeah took him out and deathstroke i mean if you know his work you know his work <laughs> yeah those are two good ones i thought about uh like the t1000 or the terminator oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. to my list um oh yeah indestructible yeah yeah it's like but to me i i didn't include them just because i'm like okay it's a it's different when you don't have when you're programmed you know what i mean right your right purpose and intent and malice and everything is programmed i mean i guess the scarier thing is the person who designed you to be to be that way but we don't know who that is adam on mine yeah skynet is kind of terrifying yeah computer program that hates hates us like that's like if siri or alexa or google were I mean, trying to kill us i mean uh <laughs> we ain't terribly far from it no no, no not to not to be that guy but y'all i have making robots dance for your entertainment <laughs> and at that point they knew that's when humanity was doomed for year-end youtube views Oh no, this was pretty fun putting together and uh, and talking about like, agree. Actually, too, like going down like memory lane and thinking about like the first time you know, like I, for me it was like the first time seeing all some of these characters and mm-hmm. what they were capable of and discussing like why this person terrifies me like because they're not some of them aren't the most powerful or anything like that. Either there's plenty of people who. You know, I, I think you ask most people, like, oh, who's in your top five? Oh, Lex and Joker and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Try to avoid those and dig deep in the crates and pull out some, some good names for you guys. But as always, you tell us what you think. Maybe these lists aren't as good as we thought. Of course, yeah, that's not. pretty good. I was going to say, solid mine's in both cases. Good. But yeah, yeah. we still want to hear from you guys, series. even even if you're going to be wrong. That's true. That sounds like something I would normally say, but that's cool. I, I endorse it. And I improve this message. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at views from the back of the class underscore pot. You can find us on, on Twitter at 
the other N-word. You can email us at viewspod at gmail.com, or you can call or text us at 312-521-0527. Let us know what you think, nerds, and let us know who's in your top five. If it's just Joker, eh, keep it to yourself. If it's I mean, just I still want to hear about I it. Know. I just want to see somebody, if they're going to be like, my top five is Dylon. And on that note, class dismissed.